the blast from our past network. I'm the man they're protecting. I'm the president. I'll kneel before you if it will save lives. It will. Starting with your own. I do now, I do for the sake of the people of the world. But there is one man here on earth who will never kneel before you. Who is this imbecile? Where is he? I wish I knew. Oh, God. Zod. <laughs> Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are covering the movie Superman 2 from 1980. And with us, as always, is Dean. Dean, welcome. I welcome thee. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming the me. The you. I thank you. I welcome you as well. Oh, wow. Thanks. I don't know if I've ever yeah. actually been welcomed to the show before. As a host, you probably that don't. Feels yeah, nice. you, like the host that. deserves love too. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for that. Superman 2. Yep. I think I rented this one. I think this was a renter. That's how that's how I came across this. Tim, for me, this one was a Saturday afternoon watch. I watched this many times, many times on Saturday afternoon on TV. I, I feel actually it's like a perfect movie for Saturday afternoon. I feel like if we would have done this episode before we did the Saturday afternoon list, it would have been on there. I just forgot. I forgot about this one. It's so, so perfect for that list. You're so right about that. Yeah, it's so perfect. It even has like uh, commercial breaks in it, basically. <laughs> yeah, like really. The cuts between scenes are four commercials to be inserted. It really feels, yeah, it feels like there are some parts where they hope there's a long commercial break so that yeah. when they come back, you forget what you, what you just saw so that they don't have to explain yes. the continuity problems. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, um, this was one of my childhood favorites. Yeah, it definitely was. It was in the rotation with the Star Wars, um, you know, the Jaws rentals, the yeah, whatever else I, whatever else I rented, um, the Back to the Futures. You know, it, it was it was there. I loved it. I really didn't expect it to hold up on this rewatch as well as it did. I was very oh, yeah. taken aback. This movie is extremely solid. I love it. I thought it was so much fun. I thought it was fantastic while it may not make sense all the time from scene to scene there's some things you kind of have to fill in yourself because they're just not going to talk about it um every little scene like every little chunk of scene i think is very fun and very good it is yeah this movie could easily be somebody's favorite movie of all time and is most likely on like many people's top list of movies yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it more than the last Superman movie. I think I kind of realized that 
the first Superman movie definitely has a better, you know, arc and structure to it. It tells a better superhero story. Um, but for me, I just enjoy this one more. This is, it's like a perfect number two movie. Like the first yeah, one kind yeah. of establishes all you need to know about Superman and the world. And then this yeah. one, they're just like, okay, we've already done that. Now let's just have some fun. Totally. Yeah. And they do. Love it. And yeah. I had fun. Dean, I had so much fun. Did you, Tim? Except for one part. One uncomfortable. Oh, you didn't have fun in a part? I can't wait to hear about that. One one very uncomfortable moment. Uncomfortable? Uh, really? Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Oh, terribly. I don't think I remember it. <laughs> terribly. Well, this was released in 1980, as I mentioned. It had a budget of $54 million, and it goes on to gross $190 million. So that's wow. awesome. That's really good. It's awesome. They probably looked at it as a failure, though, because the first one had the same budget and grossed $300 million. Yeah, I can see that. So, they, yeah, there's probably, there are probably some producers just, like, swearing, waving their fist in the air and swearing after the after this yeah it's always interesting to see which ones like which franchise movies go up as they go up in numbers and which ones go down as they go up in numbers it's it's always interesting to to take that apart Mm -hmm. that would be something that would be really interesting to actually dig into like what was going on at the time you know with uh you know the countries and the people and like was, was there like social things that maybe caused people not to go to the movies or was it strictly you know, this movie wasn't that great, so people didn't go and see it. Was it that the first one wasn't that great, so people didn't go to go see the second one? That'd be an interesting thing to dissect. Totally. That's That'll be our next uh, article on our blog. We have a blog, right, Tim? <laughs> no. Well, I didn't no? set it up. <laughs> oh. Is that one of those things we were supposed to set up, but neither of us I think so. Did? Yeah, maybe. One of us was supposed to do it. Maybe God. it was Brian. Brian. It's always Brian. Set up the blog, Brian. We have a great idea for a post now. Where even is he? I don't know. That guy. He, I like him so much, though. He's such a, such a good guy. He shows up for the intro, and then he just pieces out. He goes and does your laundry. Well, no, he doesn't do my laundry. That's, that's the <laughs> Oh, right, he refuses. <laughs> now he refuses, yeah. Well, this movie was directed by Richard Lester. And he is most famous for directing the Beatles film A Hard Day's Night and Help. Okay. He was also an uncredited producer on the first Superman movie. The story is by Mario Puzo, who helped write The Godfather 1, 2, and 3. Cinematography was done by Robert Painter, who did Little Shop of Horrors. He did The Muppets Take Manhattan, Trading Places, An American Werewolf in London, and more. Wow. Now, Superman 1 and 2 were being filmed at the same time to save on production costs. Mm -hmm. I feel like I maybe got into that in our first uh, review of Superman. You did, Tim. When those production costs soared higher than the producers wanted, they stopped filming Superman 2 when it was uh, 75% complete so they could focus on finishing Superman 1. Now, Superman 1 is released in theaters, and two days, Dean, two days after its release, Marlon Brando sues the production company for $50 million because they hadn't paid him his promised percentage commission on the take of the movie. Wow. What 
In two days? Yeah. What the hell, Marlon Brando? The check is in the mail, Marlon Brando. <laughs> you don't even know how much the movie's made yet. Like, yes. you want your commission based on two days? How about you wait, like, a couple months and really cash that check? What the yes. hell is this guy thinking? I don't know. It's also, I think that commission deal was based on if he showed up as a bagel and he didn't. So I don't think it even, it even holds up. Well, this is his revenge for them not taking (laughs) the bagel idea. He's like, they don't want me to be a bagel. Sue them. As soon as the movie comes out, sue them. Let's do it. I'll show them. Man, that guy. Anyways, they settle with him for $15 million. And then they want all of his scenes from Superman 2 cut out so they'll never have to deal with him again okay now this upset director richard donner who directed number one who said the movie had to be done on his terms or he's out so they fire donner they bring in richard lester so you're bringing in a guy when 75 percent of the movie is already done but they kind of redo it with lester Yes, I knew that Donner, I knew that they had gotten rid of Donner or that Donner had left and most of it was filmed. I didn't know why. I didn't know it like was so centered around Brando, except that I did know that Brando isn't in this movie when I thought that he definitely should be. He was. He was in it, but he got cut out. Yeah, he was. But they cut him. That's yeah. Uh, They also lose the cinematographer. They lose the set designer and they even lose Christopher Reeves as his contract had expired due to the extended length that this project took. Okay. But he signed a new contract. Don't worry, Dean. Okay. He, don't worry. He's, okay. Back, he's back for number two. I was wondering who I just watched in that movie. <laughs> he was doing a great Christopher some, Reeves some impression. Amazing 1980s CGI. <laughs> Incredible. He signs a new deal, but demanded more artistic control. Reeves wanted more artistic control? He did. Doesn't it just seem like anybody who, like works a new deal wants more like control of some type creative or yes. they didn't want to deci- want to be a decision maker yeah he wanted more yeah. creative control okay i i wonder what that translated into who knows it's probably all the things that are just like wait what is going on here that was probably <laughs> reeve's idea <laughs> that or you know the bedroom scenes with lois one or the other uh, right that was yeah that could have been reeve's idea oh, yeah right? never know Music for the movie was once again supposed to be done by John Williams. He did the music in the first one. But after meeting with the new director, Richard Lester, Williams said he couldn't get along with him and declined the job. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting, because I did see at the beginning credits, it said music based on the theme by John Williams. It didn't say John Williams. Right. He was out. He's out. I mean, if John, if John doesn't like someone, I feel like I don't like them too. Hey, if John's out, I'm out. I'm out. If John's out, I'm out. But Except I like this movie. Then I, but... Yeah, then I saw the movie and I'm <laughs> yeah. in. I'm actually in. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm back in. <laughs> Good job, Lester. <laughs> yeah, great job. Music, not quite as good as the, as the first one. Still good. Very yeah. good music. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Now this film dipped its toe into the merchandising blitz, Dean. It licensed 34 products to promote the movie, including T-shirts, pajamas, calendars, pop-up books, a novelization of the movie, a behind-the-scenes book, and a children's dictionary. So that's very impressive for 1980. Yes. What does children's dictionary mean? Um, I don't know. Like like words that they would say in the movie? No, it's like a 
like a dictionary for kids that's branded with Superman. Oh, okay. It's just like, it's regular. It's just a regular dictionary. It just has like a Superman cover for some reason. Well, it probably has like less words than the normal dictionary. Yeah. yeah. It probably doesn't have words like sex and vagina and penis and stuff like that. It probably is just like farts and burps. And (laughs) yes, classic kids dictionary. (laughs) What else? Crap. Crap. I I don't think crap's in there, Tim. Darn. Was Krypton in there? Did they put like Superman words in there? Maybe. That's probably in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I may have to do some editing there. We'll see. I don't know. Take out some farts. <laughs> farts. That's what needs to get, needs to get pulled editing. out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last thing I'll say before we uh, dip our toe into the story is that in 2006, they were able to release Superman to the Donner cut, the original director's cut, after mm-hmm. getting the rights to show Marlon Brando from his estate. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. So he passed away. They approached his estate, said, could we show his footage in the movie again? They said yes. And um, they did the Donner cut, which I have not seen. Right. No, I haven't seen either, but I do hear that, like, since it was only 75% finished, that he had to use some of Lester's stuff to make a movie that made sense. Uh, Correct. That would be correct. And yeah. I'll tell you what happened on this movie. The exact same thing. Because of like time constraints, like actors kind of being off, you know, doing other projects at the time, because they put this one on pause to finish the first one, there were things that they just couldn't get. So Lester actually used some of Donner's footage in his movie for some of the key scenes, actually. And actually, we kind of were uh, crapping on earlier the some of the continuity issues. A lot of that also has to do with the fact that they couldn't like finish off the shooting with these actors right. and stuff like that because the contracts had expired. So they had to dip into a Richard Donner's footage, put it into the places where it fit, but still it wasn't seamless. It created some issues with the story and also with the appearance of the actors, which I didn't really actually notice, but I read that that was a, that was a thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I probably like, I think there were moments that I noticed a bit where I just thought for a second, like, is this shot around the same time? But I kind of forgot about it right away. I don't think it's very noticeable. I don't think it's a big, big problem. Yeah, I was just so absorbed in the charm of this movie that I was not paying attention to anything like that. It's so charming. I think I out loud said, like, this movie's great, maybe like five times. Yeah, it doesn't take long like for you uh, to sit down, start watching and be like, yeah, this is a great movie. Yeah. I like the choices this movie is making. Mm-hmm. So we start off, we are flying through the universe and then straight into the Fortress of Solitude. And I think we're going to see Superman, but no. We see General Zod and Ursa and Non. Zod grabs some red kryptonite and he destroys it. Then we see not only was that a trap because they get captured, but this is actually right. what we already saw at the beginning of Superman 1. This is the intro yeah. to that movie. Yeah. Uh, where all three of them get captured and they get placed in this weird piece of glass and they're trapped and they float out or they're sent out into the universe by Jor-El and like this uh, this council. And that was really interesting that they just yeah. kind of showed us that again. I ha- I had remembered that as like the start of 2. So when we were reviewing 1, um I believe I was shocked that 
we were seeing that in one because I always thought it was two. So it turns out it was one and two. I was just remembering it from two. Yeah, same, because I remember, you know, the the three the three villains, and that's what I remember from two, and that's what I really liked uh, about it. So when we started on them in one, I had the same reaction. I was like, wait, is this the one I like? Is this the one I used to always watch? Right. Um, yeah, we just start with that scene right again um, with uh, Terrence Stamp as Zod, who's incredible. Oh, totally. Yeah. He's he's Chancellor Valorum, right? Oh, In, uh, dude. Yes, he is. Right? I didn't okay, realize yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, yes, I did. And that's why we're doing Superman 2 this week to tie into our Star Wars walkthrough. Uh, yes, no, way to I, fit it in. Oh, man, that's so... Wow, he aged well. Oh, totally, yeah. He As soon as his face was on the screen, I was like, I know who that is. I know exactly who that is. Nice. I was going to say he would have made a fantastic James Bond villain. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He would have been great. He, has he not been? Maybe he has been. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I guess Tim... I guess we will find out because over on Patreon, we are actually covering the James Bond movies in our franchise walkthrough on Patreon. That is true. We are walking through the James Bond franchise over on Patreon. Uh, If you want to be a part of that, head on over there, sign up, help us out, support us. Find out if Terrence Stamp is a Bond villain because I think we're going to also find out as we go through. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Dr. No is out over there right now, and he wasn't yep. the uh, Bond villain in that one, so we'll have to see. He wasn't Dr. No. He no, he Dr. was not. No. No. <laughs> so one off. One off the list of <laughs> not Terrence Stamp, not in this movie. <laughs> not that one. So then we get the opening credits, and pretty damn good. I like them. Yep. 1980, I'm good with it. Uh, a lot of it, I think, has to do with that Superman theme, which is just money. Mm-hmm. It's just money. I love it. They show us a bit of a recap of events from the first movie, Dean. And this is the, this is the uh, uncomfortable part that I was referring to. They even okay, go yeah. back to show us baby Superman's penis again. Yeah, like, I bet what? you didn't think you were going to see that again. I was surprised to see that in the first one. And they bring it back. They feel like out they of all down. the clips in the movie that they need to show again, it's that. <laughs> Double down on it, Tim. They're yeah, like, that hey, was a hit. <laughs> I have an idea, Dean. You, you want to show some nudity? How about uh, you show Miss Tessmacher instead? How about that? <laughs> Tim, that wasn't in the first right? one. No, but that let's get some there. of that in this one. I don't need to see baby Superman naked again. Anyways. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a, an, an upgrade to the opening of this. Oh, for sure. They end up going through this fairly lengthy recap of Superman 1. And it's I, the whole movie. <laughs> it's almost the whole movie. I didn't mind it at all. I yeah. actually really liked it. Um, you definitely don't see something like this very often, if at all, in a movie. I can't recall yeah. another movie even doing this. But it was just this nice refresher about what happened in the first movie. And, you know, it definitely made me want to watch the first movie again. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I loved it. I thought it was really great. It reminded me of Friday the 13th. They do this sometimes in Friday the 13th because there's so many of them. And number four is like my favorite Friday the 13th movie. And it does this. It walks you through movie one, two, and three just quickly in like four to five minutes. So you're caught up. You can just throw that thing in and you know exactly what's happened up to this point. I, I really like it, especially in something that has a bunch of movies. That's cool. Yeah, I've only seen yeah. uh, like a couple of those. So I don't I don't remember that. It was like, for me, it was like the reverse of Predator, where at the end of Predator, they show you 
all the people, like all the dudes again and all the, the people right. that were in the movie. And <laughs> yeah. they're all like laughing and having a good time. And you're right. just like, oh, man, as soon as you finish that movie and see those people, you're like, I want to go back. And I want to yeah. you know, spend another hour and a half with those guys again because that was so much fun. They kind of do that. But I'm like, oh, I want to go back to Superman 1 and relive all these great moments that were in that movie. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, that movie was so fun. I can't I like I want to watch that again. I want to go back and see what happened there because that was a fun time. Yeah. Uh, now, Dean, unfortunately, there's trouble in Paris. Some terrorists at the Eiffel Tower have taken hostages and have a hydrogen bomb. And of course, Lois Lane is there trying to crack the story. Of course. That's what she does. Now, that means Superman can't be far behind, which is true because he gets there pretty quick. He grabs the bomb. He flies it into space. And the bomb detonates at a safe distance to Earth. Unfortunately, the General Zod trio were close enough to that blast that it actually breaks them free from their prison and they head towards Earth. So Love it. now things are getting fun. Yeah, Tim, I, I love this opening. I, I am uh, a big, big fan of opening sort of action movies on the characters uh, completing a mission, just completing, like you get thrown into the middle of the mission and the characters are completing it and then they move on with the movie. So I love that Superman doing his first thing in the movie actually affects the rest of the movie. Like right. him doing that as it it starts the plot of the rest of the movie. And I, I think that's very cool. Yeah, it was. Actually, probably the best point of continuity in the entire movie is that <laughs> it, it this might thing be. connects the rest of the movie. Now, they're doing some really like fun, charming things with Clark Kent and Lois Lane, like with their characters. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit goofy, but it's like really sweet and genuine and funny at the same time. Like I, I knew that this movie was going to have moments like this, um, you know, just at like the daily planet with Lois doing daily stuff and same with Clark and them kind of like bumping into each other and having these moments. And I thought it was going to be cheesy and none of them were cheesy. They were all funny and like the things they were doing, yeah. they weren't trying to be funny. They were funny and they kind of knew it and they were trying to do exactly what they did. I like, yeah, it. I, I love, I liked it. I loved it. I love, um, just uh, like uh, bumbling, goofy, clumsy Kent. Like I love what Reeves does with him. I love the the difference in in personas that he does between Clark Kent and Superman. Um, and I really like that character um, in those moments with Lois. Like I'm with you. I think it's really funny. Uh, it, it it feels very lighthearted. I really love rom-coms and I would have just watched this movie if it was just this. Oh, I would totally. have liked it if it was just this movie, just Clark Kent and Lois Lane, like rom-com. Even I would have liked that. Oh, Tim. Wow. That is That's high praise. High praise. So high praise. I'm not necessarily a fan of the bumbling Clark Kent. I actually don't like that. But okay. what I liked that they did with this is they had fun with it by kind of throwing his powers in, but sort of behind the scenes. Like he walks in, he says something silly and goofy to somebody, and he like throws his hat like behind his back. It spins up in the air and lands on the hat rack, but, but nobody's yeah, watching. It. And then yeah. Lois is uh, juicing some oranges, 
you know, and he's juicing them as well to help her out. And he ends up like crushing his, his finger. You can hear it get like caught in the machine. And then he just kind of like pulls it out and looks at it. And obviously everything is fine, but it's like, they just added these like really nice touches into these, into this, what's supposed to be a cheesy scene and made it become not cheesy for me. So I liked it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, hopefully, hopefully the Donner cut is just all that. It's just all that. Park it's just and Lois. Stri- yeah, and then like some Marlon Brando in there because apparently oh, yeah. he's in it. Maybe he could. Maybe he's in the office as well doing stuff like that. Maybe he's the bagel. Tim. Maybe he gets his bagel scene and they spread <laughs> oh, some cream cheese on imagine? him or something. Can you imagine if he was a bagel in that movie? I have to watch that cut now. <laughs> that would be know. so good. Do you think? Do you think the the whole of the bagel moves like a mouth? Do you think like yeah. that's how he talks? I also yeah. picture it has okay. googly eyes on it. hundred <laughs> percent, it has to. <laughs> That's always what I picture. Yeah. But also the bagel, the mouth can go like up and down or side to side for like more, you know, we get a better idea of, you know, what it, the the emotions, the emotions. Yeah. You can form, form all the words and, and, and portray all the emotions. Yeah. Now we head to a prison and we meet up with our old buddy, Lex Luthor, who was for me, Dean, the highlight of the first movie. Okay, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember well, that he was the highlight. I guess Tess Mocker was the highlight, but... Right, okay, so his crew was the highlight for you. What do you think in this movie? What's your opinion in this movie? Uh, well, in this movie, I think you could pretty much have this movie without him. I don't think you need yeah. him. So no. I liked that he was there. I thought there were some really, really great moments with him. But he's not the main villain, but this was the part he needed to play, right? For, for he he hates Superman. He hates people with superpowers. Yeah. So now instead of there being one of them, there's four of them. So yeah, you he's you got need to keep him. He's got no power. He he can't do anything. He's more help, helpless now than he was before. So he's really just trying to do what he can to get rid of these people, which is not much. He doesn't have much he can do. Right. So I guess if you want to keep bringing him back, then you got to have him in this movie. But I kind of think he could have just stayed in jail this whole movie, not even been on the screen. Like he didn't even need to be in this movie, I think. And you could have just had these uh, other three villains in it because they are so good that they, you don't need him. I liked him in the story, though, uh, as small as it was. I like his connection to Superman. And yeah, um, that does it does guide some of the plot the fact that he has a previous relationship with Superman. So I like what True, they yeah. did. I think you could still do this movie without him, but I like it better with him. Yeah, cool. From here, we head to NASA and a mission on the moon. And they get a bit of excitement on the moon when Ursa shows up. And she wants to know what type of creatures they are. Hmm. And he's this guy's just like looks terrified because she's not wearing a suit. These villains, yeah. by the way, Zod, Ursa, and Non, they're just dressed in black. Like they are yeah. menacing. They look awesome. They look awesome. And she just comes down and demands an answer of what kind of creature yeah. are you? And the guy, he's like, We're just human, he says. Yeah. <laughs> like he already knows. Like this is some sort of entity that is far beyond our capabilities. Far more powerful. He already yeah. knows how like puny they are. And he says, we're just humans. <laughs> He's like, we don't even <laughs> don't belong on the suit moon. I have to wear. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't even be here. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. We shouldn't be here. We should not have come here. Um, we need to go home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This this moon stuff looks amazing, Tim. This stuff looks good. Like, dude, okay. The effects of the astronauts yes. look amazing. They look perfect. Okay. How I don't even really know how they're doing it. Like, I guess like they're being suspended by wires, but it's they're walking like they're in like slow motion and no gravity. Like it, it looks so perfect. It looked like moon footage. It really did. Yeah, it did. It did. So we head back to the prison and good old Lex is breaking out. You know, I'd expect nothing less out of Lex to break out of prison. Of course. Of course. He had pretty good breakout too. Oh, I love it. This might be my favorite. Oh, it's one of my favorite uh, jail breakout. <laughs> break I'm down with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I like it. I like it a lot. Miss Tessmacher shows up in a weather balloon to bust out Lex and Otis. Um, and they had this really cool like hologram set up in their cell to make it look like they were sitting there, but they weren't. And I always remember yeah. like when I was young, how unbelievable those effects looked. I don't know if I, this yeah, might have do. been the first hologram I've seen in a movie where you can right. like you look at something and it looks like there's people sitting there, but then they kind of wave their hand in front of a light and you can see the yeah. shadow passing through the hologram. It was really yeah. neat. Yeah, I thought it looked really good, especially for for the time. Yeah. Now, Lex and Tessmacher get away, but unfortunately, poor Otis, he doesn't quite make it. And I like the scene. It's funny. This is, oddly enough, out of all the scenes in this movie that are great, this is probably top three in my memory that I'll always remember. And it's not because nice. I like I really like it or anything. It's okay, but for some reason this just stuck in my head as a Superman memory. You've got this like hot air balloon, right? Tessmacher's in there. Lex climbs up into it. They've thrown down a ladder. He climbs up. Then it's Otis's turn to get in the balloon. Yeah. But as he's climbing this ladder, this rope ladder, every step he takes instead of him climbing higher, he pulls the balloon down further. So he's just like step by step pulling it further to the ground until they just throw the rope ladder over. And they're like, sorry, dude, like we can't take you with us. And yeah, I don't know what it is awesome. about that, but it's just it's like burnt into my brain. I must have just loved it as a kid. Yeah. And it's shocking that they just kind of cut him out. Like he has a lot of lines at the beginning of this movie. And I just realized this now. He is gone from this movie from this point on. He doesn't make a return, right? So they no, literally gone. just like cut, they cut the rope and literally cut him out of the movie. He is now done in the movie. He falls down back into the prison and is gone. And he was in the entire first Superman movie. He was like part of their yeah. crew the whole time. And it seemed like that was going to be the case in this one too, because he was a big part of all the Lex scenes. Like he had a lot of lines and he they were playing off each other. So that is... Uh, I didn't even really notice that that's it for him. He's done. He falls out of this movie. Yeah, I think it makes sense, though, because you've got yeah. these three new villains, and Lex, Tessmacher, and Otis were the three villains in the first one. Now you've got three more to add in. Unfortunately, Lex isn't in it very much. Tessmacher yeah. is barely in it, and yeah. they just cut Otis right out here. Yeah. Lex and Tessmacher head north they go all the way north to the fortress of solitude where lex starts playing with the crystals and hearing information from the kryptonian archives 
And one of the things he learns about is the Phantom Zone, where Zod, Ursa, and Non were placed. That's their, their glass prison is the Phantom Zone. Right. Yeah. Lex learns that if those three were on Earth, they'd be as powerful as Superman is. And this is very interesting to Lex, as he explains that he had just picked up three alpha waves, and he wonders if these are the alpha waves that he's picked up. Ah, okay. Not sure I necessarily knew that. I still like that they make Lex really powerful and intelligent. Like, he knows about these bad guys before anybody else on the planet. Yeah, true. If you're going to have, like... If you're going to have other villains in the movie that are going to be able to match Superman in strength, then you need Lex to be using what he does best, and that's his mind. He he has more information than anybody else, and since he's the greatest mind on the planet, he's going to find a way to use that. Yep. And keep in mind, all he wants to do is destroy Superman. That's all he ever wants. He hates him. So he thinks maybe this is a way to do it. Yeah. Now, Clark and Lois are in Niagara Falls on assignment for the Daily Planet, and Lois starts to pick up that Clark might be Superman. Great. She sees him with his glasses off. Love it. She's like, huh. Curious. You look like Superman. Curious. Then a kid falls over the falls, and Superman saves the day, but Clark isn't there to see it. Yeah. And Lois picks up on that. She's like, whenever Superman's around, Clark is gone. So Lois calls Clark out on it. She calls him Superman and says his disguise was nearly perfect. What? Glasses. Yeah. Well, you're, his glasses? <laughs> nearly perfect glasses. But she caught him in a moment without his glasses. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the movie kind of like laughing at that. Yeah. And I liked it. Oh, yeah. It was funny. Sure. I also like that the this reporter who is supposed to be good at being a reporter does figure it out. Like, is like, oh, yeah. wait a second. You're, You're Superman. Superman. Yeah. She, it's, the, he's right under her nose. She should figure it out. Yeah. So she wants to know for sure, though. So she yeah. jumps into the rapids. Excellent. So that he'll save her. Great idea. Unfortunately, he doesn't want to reveal himself yet. He doesn't go to save her. <laughs> he doesn't save her. It's amazing. He he does shoot a branch down with his eye laser beams that she yeah. can grab a hold of. But he's just like Clark Kent, you know, acting silly, trying to catch up to her, just being like, oh, no, oh, no. What am I going to do? Oh, yeah. oh, oh. And then <laughs> she kind of like floats to safety and he yeah. gets in the water to try to save her. And he ends up like almost drowning like she ends up having to actually save him and drag him out of the water it was so good so perfect like just so perfect just to have not her. only <laughs> go ahead not only does he not save her she has to save him he turns it him. all the way around that she has to save him and then she feels dumb she's like well obviously you're yeah, not superman you almost exactly. drowned like whoa that was whoops <laughs> it's so good it's such a smart idea so funny yeah yeah really really enjoyed that yeah, me too. But um, it doesn't take much longer after that where they're back at the hotel and Clark trips over a bearskin rug and falls into the fire. Yep. <laughs> but then he sits up and he's not burnt. And <laughs> he just decides he can't keep it in any longer. 
he reveals to Lois that he is Superman. Yeah. I love it. I love that idea. I love it too. Yeah. Now we're off to the Fortress of Solitude again, this time with Superman and Lois. And Superman shows her around. They have a nice dinner. They have some champagne. Lois changes into something more comfortable. And they just have a real nice time, Dean. Yeah, they do. They have a A nice real nice time. Yeah, he takes her to the bed of sextitude. Oh, really? Oh, because I went with the bed (laughs) of solitude. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nice though. I like it. Thank you. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Zod, Ursa, and Nan, they've finally made it to Earth, and they continue to learn about their new powers. We see Ursa fry a snake with her eye beams. Zod accidentally shoots himself with a shotgun. That's great. One of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Non lifts up a police car. Um, They walk to a town and they go into a bar. Ursa arm wrestles a dude and throws him through a table. Then Zod throws a guy through the wall and then he flies through a pig truck as well. Uh, Zod learns about this finger beam where he can lift people off the ground. Mm. And because of this like big fight scene and all this action that's happening, the press show up and then the army shows up and the army just gets decimated. Yeah. This shit is so fun. It's so much fun with these three. They're learning their powers. They're figuring out what they can do because this is their first time to Earth or planet Houston, as they call it, because I yeah. guess they landed in Houston. Um, it's it's so fun. All three of them, it, like having... They kind of have their own thing. Like they're figuring out their powers at different paces. Yeah. Um, Ursa, for some reason, has this obsession with collecting badges, which mm-hmm. is amazing. I think we only see her do it twice in the movie. Yeah. But she, by the end, she has like five or six or seven badges all over her costume. And it's like something that's just never explained. I think it's just this cool little character thing that she's just like, uh, okay, going to collect that and I'm going to put it on my outfit. It's like, yeah, she's taking the badges of like who she thinks are authority figures. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so she, I don't know why she wears them because she wears them. Yeah, I don't know. They are becoming the authority figure because they're so powerful. But she, I think she just likes to like take the badges and then realize that she's more powerful than this authority figure on earth. But yeah, Yeah, so she wears it. Yeah, she's like, I'm your captain now. I'm your your police officer now. It was a really nice touch. Like she ripped an astronaut badge off, she's ripped a police badge off, and then yeah. Uh, I think we only see those two. Yeah, we only see those two ripped off. But by the end, she's got a ton. So like, I I like it. I like that idea. Yeah. Now back at the Fortress of Solitude. Actually, I guess one thing we should say here, which um, is obvious to us because we're watching the movie, but probably wouldn't be obvious to people listening, is that Superman and Lois have no idea what's going on with Zod, Ursa, and Nan because they're like isolated at the Fortress of Solitude. So while they're spending all this time here, you know, because they're in love. All this shit is going on back in America with Zod and and his crew. So yeah, people are just like, where's Superman? We need Superman. And Superman's not showing up because he's falling in love. Yeah. So back at the Fortress of Solitude, Superman has decided he wants to give up his powers to be a normal man so that he can be in love and marry Lois as a normal man. Yeah, like his mom tells him that he has to do that. I'm not really sure why. That's kind of one of the things in the movie I don't quite track. 
Um, but he, his mom tells him he has to be a man if he wants to be with Lois. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the conversation with the mom is, it's not very long. I kind of always yeah. thought that what she was saying was that if you want to like be married to a woman, you have to give up your powers and this is how you do it. Yeah. It was more of like, this is, this is what you need to do. Why can't he just be Superman and also like be in love with Lois Lane? Like for some reason he can't do both. And I don't think the movie ever quite explains that part of it. It doesn't. And it might be, it might be as simple as like, if he's Superman, he's always yeah. hearing people crying, crying for help. He's always yeah, hearing, for sure. yeah. you know, explosions happen. He's always hearing whatever bad things are out there. So I always took it that he wanted to rid himself of that. And she said, well, there's only one way you can do it. And this is the way. Right. Which is this chamber. Uh, yeah. But you're right. They don't really get into it, but they don't get into a lot, which is, it's okay. I don't mind like having yeah. a little bit of um, imagination for ourselves in the movie. You know, we get to think, well, hi, I no. wonder like what, uh, what's that all about? Yeah, I don't, I really don't mind that type of thing. Um, there's actually a lot, I feel like there's a lot there's of that a lot in this movie. And most there of is. it, yeah, and most of it I'm totally fine with. Like when you're not explaining these like new powers that happen that I didn't know about or anything like that. I like that stuff. I, I find a lot of enjoyment in that. Um, this part specifically, um, it just, when we get around to the end, I would have liked to know why any of this was happening and not happening. Um, but we can talk about it when we get to the end. But that's that's where the the hang up is a bit for me in, in this in this movie. Yeah. Sure, I get that. So his mother tells him about this chamber that will take away all his powers. So he steps in, and it's a really freaky sequence as this is. chamber is working and taking away his powers. Now, Dean, what did this sequence remind you of? It reminded me of some Sam Raimi shit. Okay. I was thinking more of like the Star Trek scenes in the early movies when they'd travel oh, like yeah. through time or like light speed or something. They'd, everything would get weird and crazy. I blocked that out of my mind, Tim. I remember now. Yeah, they were just like seeing themselves as like clay people and they were like crashing yeah. to the ground. <laughs> yeah, real You're trip. Right. Yeah. You're right too, though. This is this is very much some Sam Raimi Darkman stuff. Totally. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's it. Uh, he he gets in the chamber. We all get weirded out by the visuals they show us, and then he's <laughs> yeah. he does it. He's only a man. He's yeah. just a man. He's a man. He's just a man. They can now he be... also the, the the chamber changes his clothes too, which is pretty cool. <laughs> it's very convenient. It's a very yeah. convenient chamber. It's a good outfit. He comes out in a really good outfit. He looks good. Yeah, he he does. <laughs> Clark and Lois can now be together and join the rest of the Earth and suffer under the rule of Zod. Great. That's what he's, <laughs> great that's what he's come to now. It's great. <laughs> what a great, great timing, Superman. Yeah, exactly. Great timing. Zod, uh, he pays a, a visit to the president of the United States. This is a pretty fun scene. Yeah, it's good. Lots of uh, gunfire trying to stop uh, Zod, but guns don't yeah. work on Zod. Yeah, it's fun. It's always fun with these three. Um, whenever they're the scenes are always great. Like it's it's always exciting. It's always fun when everyone's trying to open fire on them when no one knows what to do with them, and they are just so calm and just you know taking it to everyone. It's it's always a ton of fun. It's like Zod has his agenda of I need to be in control of everything, but yeah. beyond that, they're basically children landing on Earth 
and just learning like as a yeah. child would like i don't they don't know what they can do it's just let's try something and see what happens and yeah it's like their bodies are like new toys they got a new toy for yeah. christmas and they're like oh it does this too <laughs> like oh cool i can burn things with my eyes cool but not just that they like seeing what like the humans bodies can endure as well yes. it's like yes. they like to see how strong they can be but they also kind of enjoy the weakness of the humans at the same time. Totally. They're taking yeah. fun in both aspects. Yeah, definitely. Now, Zod makes the president kneel before him. But the president says, there's one man who will never kneel before him. And Zod says, who is this imbecile? Where is he? And the president only wishes he knew. Yeah, exactly. Where is, Where is he? Normally we call and he shows up. I mean, Tim, unfortunately, he doesn't exist anymore. He doesn't even exist. No, he does not. And we immediately learn how true that is. As yeah. Clark and Lois find an old diner to eat at with no explanation as to how they got back to civilization... No. Also, they walked into a hot dog. They walked up to a hot dog stand and walked into a diner. (laughs) (laughs) Did they miss that? They parked their car, walked up to a hot dog stand, and then walked into a diner in the next scene played. Like, I think there was just definitely some cuts in there of what was supposed to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Now, this is a scene that I always hated as a child. My most hated scene in the movie um, I do believe I would turn away when I was younger. I couldn't even watch it. And it was hard to watch. What did you think of this scene? I, I, I hated it too, but like, like I don't hate it like I hate the scene. It just like, it made me so angry, which I actually love when I'm watching a movie. I love when a movie uh, makes me have very big emotions towards scenes. So, uh, you know, he's he's trying to stand up for Lois to this absolute jerk who's sitting at the diner and just like being an asshole to everyone, not even just him, but to everyone. And so he tries to stand up to him and he gets his ass handed to him. He gets his ass kicked and it's so hard to watch because he keeps going back for more and keeps getting beat up even worse. And all I'm thinking at the end of the scene is, damn, we are never going to see this character again. And this character always wins like this. Every time I'm going to watch this movie, this character beats up Superman and I hate it. So I was very upset with uh, the scene, even though I love it. I love that kind of reaction towards a movie. Yeah. I just always remembered it being so much more violent than it was. Like when I watched it this time, it's very tame. You know, Uh, he only Superman only really gets hit a couple. He's not Superman anymore. Clark only gets hit a couple of times. But they like they do really great makeup on them. Like it's realistic makeup. Like if you got punched in the face yeah. a couple times hard and like, you know, hit in the stomach and thrown over a table, you'd probably be cut up and bleeding. And he yeah. is. And just there's something so very weird about seeing this Superman that we know for a movie and a half now looking like that like getting beat yeah. up and looking beat up it doesn't it didn't make sense it was weird and uncomfortable and yeah. yeah just the violence in that scene was it was too real and like too graphic for me as a child and i just hated it um yeah I, I so i was kind of i was actually very curious at this watch to see how this would make me feel 
And as I mentioned, it was very, very tame compared to my memories of it, which makes sense, right? I was just a kid. The first punch isn't even really that bad, but he falls through like something glass. So he starts to bleed a little bit. Um, it's the second time. It's the second time when he goes back up to the guy. Yeah. I feel like that punch is really like violent. I feel like that second one when he goes up really hits me where I'm just like, oh man, why did you go back up to him? Like he obviously took you out with one punch. Don't go back up to him. And the second one looks like it's just overkill. You know, it looks like the second one gets him real good. Yeah. Now to try to advert everyone's attention from the violence that just happened in the diner, they just turn the TV on and yeah. it's the president of the U.S. declaring that General Zod now has complete control over the planet. Like I get where I get where the president's coming from, but I just don't feel like he has <laughs> the, the the power to say that Zod is now the ruler of the planet. Tim, Tim, he said, I conferred with all the other leaders oh, of all he? the other nations. Oh, okay. And uh, I speak for all of them oh, okay. in this moment saying that they are ruling the planet. Uh, cool. Then then I missed that and that makes more sense. I was just going to yeah, say, like, a nice how, line. How does the, how does the U- <laughs> president of the U.S. speak for the world if he hasn't spoken with them yet about it? He but that's called perfect. them up on the phone and asked them. Hey, look, you know what I can do? <laughs> I can cross one continuity error off of my yeah. list. Totally. That's true. Yeah. That one this one plays, Tim. This one's fine. <laughs> Perfect. Now, the president just starts kind of like pleading for Superman to come and help. You know, yeah. he's, just, he's saying what Zod wants him to say, but then he throws in like a Superman, Superman, if you're there, if you can, if you Please. can hear me, we need help. We need your help. And Clark beat up Clark is watching that. And also <laughs> when that president out, did that outburst, it really angered Zod. He oh, yeah. uh, he does not like that people think Superman could help and be actually no. a powerful foe. Zod is screaming at the uh, camera for Superman to show himself. He just wants to he wants to test himself against Superman. Because Zod really has no idea who Superman is in this moment. That's he's right. just heard people talking about how great this Superman is. So he's just fucking pissed off. He's just mad. He just wants to meet this Superman and kick his ass. Yeah, he doesn't know yet that Superman is the son of Jor-El and Jor-El yeah. is the like basically responsible Imprisoned for him. imprisoning them. So yeah. They find that out and oh, that makes Zod oh so happy to hear that news. Mm-hmm. So Clark realizes here that he has to become Superman again. He's been Clark for, I don't know. 30 minutes? I was going to say three months. How long does it take to hike from the (laughs) North Pole (laughs) to like a diner in Iowa? Maybe three months? Very true, Tim. Maybe Maybe three months. He's probably been Clark for three months. He's been cold for most of it. Then he got beat up before he could eat a hot dog. It's been, yeah, it hasn't been great. It started off great. He went human. He had sex with Lois. It was a good start to being human. He liked being human. It's all down over there. To walk in the cold for three months, get beat up at a diner. He's done. He's done with being human. He's, He's done. done. With it. He's done. What do you do? Not worth it. What do you do it again? Sure. Of course. <laughs> sure. Sure. He'd do sure it he again. would. Sure. He'd do it again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to be Superman again, he's got to take the long trek back north. Yeah. So he starts that trek, and they actually decide here to show us how hard 
and arduous of a task it is to get to the the fortress of solitude. He's like in his jacket, he's shivering. It gets like he gets to like colder and colder places. So I I kind of wanted that (laughs) with him and Lois making their way from there. There wasn't enough time in the movie to show that, but they did show him like hiking back and it being a long journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's all fine. Clark finally gets to the fortress. Um, and the whole place appeared to be powered down, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, like all the lights are off. It looks dark. Um, it was a neat feeling because like he's yeah. lost his powers as Superman. And it's almost like in a way he's powering the Fortress of Solitude. So if, if he right, loses yeah. who yeah. he is as Superman, this fortress doesn't even exist without him. It's yeah. like almost like yeah. a, I guess, a, a symbiotic relationship between the two the two of them, which was very, very cool. But he ends up finding that like green crystal that he found in the first movie that led mm-hmm. him to the fortress. That's lying in the fortress. And while we don't see what happens, I think that was definitely like the key to getting the fortress back up and running. Yes, definitely. Don't again, like not really sure. Cause we don't see it. Um, and I thought I had a beat on what was going to happen because I later on in the movie, I was like, oh, they're just hiding from us what it was. And we're going to figure out right now what it is. And then we never actually did. We never figured out how that happened. No. Um, but I did like I did like the we, we focused on the green crystal before this all happened. So I liked that. I like that sort of foreshadowing that the green crystal was actually hidden under um, uh, Lois Lane's purse or something like that. So when everything got destroyed, it didn't because it was under a purse. Um, I don't know. I, I like that we the movie focused on it. The camera went on it for just yes. a split second. So we knew that that green crystal is still around. Yeah. I didn't really know what it could do, but I knew it was still around. So when he goes back and finds it, it's a big win. It's a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it powers up the, the fortress in some way. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It, he just has to like plug it in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. Because he had taken it out to show Lois and then it had just like kind of fallen beside them and... It, they they forgot about it when they had their date. Um, so yeah, it wasn't in the system when the system powered down. So boom, put it back in. Everything's firing up again. Let's be Superman. Mm-hmm. Now Lex Luthor pays Zod a visit, and he's come to bargain. He says he can provide Superman, and Luthor lets them know that Superman is the son of Jor-El. Zod obviously sees this as a great opportunity for revenge. And because of what Lex has brought him, he's willing to grant Lex his one demand. Lex wants to be the ruler of Australia. Right, yeah. That's all he wants. Yeah. He likes beachfront property, Tim. <laughs> he really does. He, really he loves does. it. He loves it. He tried to create his own, and that didn't work. So now he's just going to try to use his knowledge to get it. I love that about him. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> so Zod heads to the Daily Planet because Luther told him to go there for Lois. And Superman very quickly shows up once Lois is in danger. And he, what we get right here is what this movie's been building to this whole time. And that's the battle yeah. between Superman and the three. And when I was a kid, dude, this was my Neo versus Agent Smith battle. This cool. was Makes sense. the most cool thing that I could ever think of at this time. A superhero yeah. fighting 
another superhero. This blew my mind. I loved it. Yeah, amazing. This was the reason I was such a big fan of this movie as a kid. Seeing superheroes fighting superheroes. Very cool. 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 What was your opinion this time around? It was it was good. Like I I liked yeah. it. I thought the effects were were fine. Like obviously the action isn't all that great. Like there's not a lot that happens. It's like yeah. You know, Superman kind of gets into an altercation with like all three of them kind of one at a time and then it's over. Yeah. But I mean, it, this is stuff like as when you're a kid, you kind of only, it's like you're wondering, it's just your imagination wanders off and you're like, I wonder what would happen if like Superman got punched and like, what if he went through a building? What would that look yeah. like? Or, you know, what if somebody threw a bus on top of Superman what would that be like? And they give it to you in this movie and it's so very enjoyable. So like, I think it fits very well within the movie. Um, I guess they remade this with man of steel. It's like the same idea. Totally. Yeah. They have that big, big fight at the end. So I, I did like, I thought in man of steel, man of steel, when I was watching that, I was really enjoying that. Like I thought it was a lot of fun because it was like, that was like, um, just, better visuals, better... Yeah, of this same thing. Better effects of the exact same thing. So when I saw that movie, I was very... you know, I I liked it a lot for that exact reason, but I think this is just fine. Um, I I guess my only beef would be I maybe wouldn't mind if they got into it a lot earlier in the movie and then maybe got into it several times throughout the movie rather than just kind of like um, butting heads right at the end and that kind of being it. Yeah, it's it is uh it's really fun. I like it a lot. I, I with the same things I like about it is what you said, where um you just see Superman actually match up against somebody, um, multiple people who are just as strong as him. So you can see like him get into trouble, him smash through buildings, a bus get thrown at him, all that stuff. It's all so fun. Um, if I have one criticism, it's that it's a little long when he fights all three of them. It's one of those things where like because he has to have his moment fighting all three because there's three of them. So that's I just find it by the time we're getting to the end of it, this movie has moved. It's such a fast clip that by the time we get to this fight and it takes 20 minutes to do this entire thing, I, I lose a little bit of the um, stakes, I guess, by the end. Like I'm not really feeling it as much by the end that I actually feel worried for Superman or anything like that. I think a, a sort of split up fight is more um, is better if he was able to fight one of them earlier in the movie and maybe take them out or something like that. Something to just make this fight a little bit shorter so he doesn't have to go one by one by one. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of didn't mind that, but I also think it's because I watched it as a child and already formed my opinions of it at that time. And yeah. which were like, as a child, this was just the best stuff I could be watching. So of course, yeah, it didn't, of course. It didn't seem slow to me. It was so fast yeah. and exciting. And yeah, yeah I, I kind of got the opposite. Like it didn't seem slow to me at all. It, it was almost like it all went too fast. I, I wanted more of it. Um, but I definitely hear what you're saying. Like if I had seen this now, yeah, by the time you get here, you know, it's they have superpowers, but it's kind of like one person throws somebody across the city and that person yeah. goes flying for a long time, hits a building, yeah. and then there's a big gap in time between when that character comes back to re-engage. Right. You know, Superman yeah. will engage with a different character and 
so yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I, I was okay with it. Yeah, it, it is really fun. I liked a lot of a lot of the beats of it. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. A very cool thing that they decided to dip their toe into here, which I was not expecting and didn't remember, was the whole idea of like the city getting damaged as the as they're fighting and people being in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a really nice touch that as the destruction starts to happen, Superman starts to have to save people instead of fight the bad guys. And that's a pretty good thing for 1980. Like for them to yeah, kind of pick totally. up and, and dig a little bit into that in the movie. There's actually one part where Ursa throws this manhole cover hits Superman and he goes flying into a car and smashes the windshield. And you can very faintly hear the driver say, Oh no, the car who will pay for it. So they're, they're already thinking like this is a problem for the people. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I like how it, I I think when it escalates uh, to the maximum level where Superman actually leaves, he leaves the fight because he knows that they're just after him. So he leaves the fight so that people aren't in danger and everybody's thinking, what the hell? Superman left the fight. Like he left us here to die. They're going to kill us all. But Superman knows they're just after him. So why is he fighting around people where he has to save them? He leaves. He just goes off and he's like, they're going to come find me because they just want me. Right. Just one more cool part to this whole fight before we move on from it that I wanted to touch on. Um, After Superman and Zod fight and Superman tosses Zod aside, uh, Ursa and Non, they throw a bus at Superman and he stops it to protect the people. But the people watching, they think that Superman got crushed by the bus and killed. Right. And all the people in the surrounding area, they get really upset and this mob gathers and they go yeah. to fight Zod, Ursa and Non, like just the humans. There's like maybe yeah, I 50, forgot about that. 50 humans in the street that yeah. they're just like, you can't do that to Superman. We got to stand up for Superman. I thought that was really cool. Like they don't Great end up moment. doing anything. The the yeah. three bad guys, they just blow all the people like five blocks back with their powerful right. yeah. air blow. But the yeah. whole idea that the people would rise up in defense of Superman, yeah. I thought was a really great moment. And it showed a lot of great like moment. heart for the movie and what the people actually think of Superman. Right. Like they, yeah, they've accepted him, you know, even though maybe there's like this damage going on and, you know, Superman wasn't there for a while when Superman is down, the people are going to lift him up and try to support him. So I I thought that was really great, really great scene, really great moment in the movie that doesn't even have to be there. And when it's there, it just adds so much. It adds that extra level to it. I really I'm with you, Tim. I really loved that part. I thought it was a great moment for uh, the city and for Superman. Yeah, so Superman, he comes out from underneath the bus. He sees all the destruction, and this is where he flies away. He's like, I can't yeah. I can't let any more of this disastrous stuff happen. I need to get out of here. Luther tells Zod that he knows where Superman's going. He's like, I know where the Fortress of Solitude is. I was there. Mm-hmm. That's where he's mm-hmm. going. So they all head there, where Superman is obviously waiting. And we get another fight scene. Um where Superman is using like holograms as a trick to kind of like fool the bad guys until Ursa grabs a hold of Lois and is about to kill her. And Superman is forced to give up 
to save Lois's life. And once Superman gives up, I like this, Zod grabs Lex and throws him over with Superman, and he's like, kill Lex too. We don't need him anymore. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So Superman goes to Lex, and he's like, he's like whispering. He's like, listen, if we can get Zod into this chamber, Mm -hmm. we can take his power away. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, let's like Lex is going to get on board. Lex is going to try to help yeah, out. Lex here. and Superman team up. Teaming let's up. go. That'd here we cool. go. Yeah. Immediately, Lex is like he like <laughs> raises his hand. He's like, General yeah. <laughs> Zod, I've got some news for you. He immediately tells Zod like what, what Superman just told him, and Zod then puts Superman into the chamber, and Lex turns it on. And Superman goes through the whole whatever chamber turning on. He steps out and he kneels before Zod. But he still has his costume on, Tim. He still has his costume on. Whoa. Whoa. Nice, Dean. Yeah. You just blew my mind. That's amazing. Yeah. Because he grabs Zod's hand and crushes it. You can hear the bones breaking. It was very pleasing. I felt to hear Zod's bones crushing like that. At this moment, what are you thinking happened? Because I know what I was thinking happened. It wasn't what happened, but I know what I was thinking. At this moment, what I thought had happened was that Superman stepped into the chamber and had reversed it so that the chamber wouldn't take your powers away but give you your powers back. So all I thought that happened was Superman now had his powers back and he was pretending to be weak, but then crushed Zod's hand really, really strong. Yes. So that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, okay, this explains what happened before because we never saw him turn back into Superman. We didn't know how. And I was like, oh, this is really cool because we're going to figure it out now that he went into the chamber. He must have reversed it and it gives you your powers. And then when he came out and crushed Zod's hands so easily, I was like, oh, did he just get like double powers too? I thought at this moment he kind of got double the powers. You know, whatever the chamber was, it like refreshes or increases or something. And he was like max strength at that point. Yeah. I didn't know if it was that or Zod was just like not fighting back because he just felt like he was right. all powerful and Superman kind of like yeah. caught him off guard and crushed his hand. But yeah, I think like those, those are the things the movie wants you to, to feel. Yeah, totally. After crushing his hand, he picks Zod up over his head and throws him across the room and non tries to fly towards Superman to get him and he can't, and he just falls down a hole. Great. <laughs> and Lex figures out Of course, Lex would figure this out, right? Lex figures out that Superman switched the chamber to affect the people outside of the chamber, not inside. Great. What a genius move. Genius move, and he outsmarted Lex by like whispering to him like, oh, yeah, we just got to get him in that chamber. He knew Lex would turn on him. I love it. He knew it. Yeah, exactly, dude. I love it. So Lois punches out Ursa. Lex tries to cut a deal with Superman, but Superman grabs Lois. He takes her back to Metropolis and he breaks up with her. Yeah, he does. And Lois is heartbroken about it, as you would be. Who wouldn't be heartbroken if Superman just broke up with them? Yeah, there's... This is the part that I find very strange because there's just no... I don't know the reason. I don't know. Like, 
I can make up a reason, but like the movie doesn't give me a reason. So I don't know why he breaks up with her. Why can't he just be Superman and have a girlfriend? Right, right. I think I think what they were trying to like allude to in this movie was that yeah. Superman can't be a superhero because the people he loves are going to be in danger, right? So if he is no longer Superman, then the people he loves aren't in danger. Lois won't be in danger because Clark is not a threat. That doesn't matter. But as soon as he is the superhero, his loved ones are in danger. So, you know, now that he's a superhero again, he can't have loved ones. Yeah, I I find that such a good argument and such a like compelling thing for a movie. Like when in in Spider-Man, when they do it and like Mary Jane asks, you know, Spider-Man right to his face, do you love me? And he has to say no because he has to protect her. I love that moment. I love that type of thing. So I wanted that in this movie, Um, just didn't quite get it. So then at the end, I'm like, just be together because I don't know why you're apart. Right. But you're right. I think you're exactly right. It's because he... Like, she got in so much danger because she was his girlfriend for a few minutes. You know, Lex went straight for her. Yeah. He knew that that's how to take out Superman. So that is why um, I just, I, I would have liked that moment because it's usually a good moment in a movie. Yeah, the movie had a two-hour runtime, so they, yeah. they didn't have much time for, like, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. There's so much that happens in this movie. There's, like, yeah, losing power. Like, there's the whole finding out Superman, losing the powers, getting them back, having the fight. There's just a lot to go through. Yeah, I think for me, they left the right things out of this movie and focused on the more important things that needed to be in the the runtime. Yeah, if you make it 220, 225, you can Uh, get all these things. I don't want that, though. Two hours. No, 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 I know. I'm with you. Two hours, you you kept the right stuff in it because it is just a totally fun, awesome movie. Yeah. Now, Lois is obviously heartbroken about getting broken up with. So Superman gives her the magical kiss of memory loss so that she won't remember that Clark is Superman. And this kiss works, and Lois ends up calling Clark a nice guy. She's no longer in love. He's just this nice guy that she knows because she's in love with Superman, right? Yeah. And then we get uh, one last scene, Dean, back at the diner. Oh, hell yeah. I was so happy when we cut back to the diner. I was like, yes, I thought this guy was going to get away from with it. Me too. Yes. I actually, even yes. rewatching it this time, I forgot that this was in the movie yeah. because the other scene yes. is just so traumatizing. So yeah, Clark goes back <laughs> to this <laughs> this diner um, to pay the guy who beat him up a little bit of a visit. And this guy's yeah. name, uh, we learned his name is Rock, Rocky. Rocky. His name's Rocky. And uh, yeah, he uh, provokes Rocky and Rocky punches Clark in the stomach and breaks his hand. And then Clark spins him on his stool probably 50 times. He's just whipping around super, super fast. And then uh, Clark throws him across the restaurant. From there, Clark decides to put the U.S. flag back on the White House. Right. I guess I should call him Superman. He was Superman when he was doing that. And then from there, he flies out into outer space to make sure there are no more super criminals hanging around and the end. Great. Okay. Couple things, Tim. Yeah. In these last, in this last little bit, because a lot of stuff happens. Um, One 
great to see Rocky get his. I think he got off a little easy. I was hoping for like a tear in half or a head being ripped off. <laughs> that obviously wasn't going to happen in this movie because this movie's like PG. We needed some murder but, there. So just some murder. I needed, I needed a fist going all the way through oh, a head. Right through know, the face would have been awesome. So, right through the face would have been great. Something like that. Yeah, he got off a little easy, but that's okay. He still got his revenge. Um, two, I like the kiss that makes uh, Lois forget. Um, and I would especially like it if the next one starts up and she figures out who Superman is again at the beginning of the movie. And oh, then like he has to do fun. the kiss again at the end. That would be so fun if every movie starts with her just having to figure it out because she's she's got to be good at her job, right? So she just always figures it out. Right. I think that would be really fun. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I really like that. I really like that end. Um, yeah. That, uh, it's a fun movie. Yeah. I like the kiss also because it's like a new power that Superman has that we didn't know he had. Right. Yeah. We kind of thought we learned everything in the first one. We're still learning about his powers. I like that because the bad guys were learning about their powers on Earth and Superman yes. is still seems to be gaining powers. So who knows what this guy can do? Yeah, I was a big fan of all the times Superman did something I didn't know he could do. So like the 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 hologram sort of thing that he was doing, like, I don't know if that was powers or something that the Fortress of Solitude allowed that him was to the do. Fortress, like, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so too, because it's like, it's covered in crystals, yeah. right? So like, that kind of makes sense that he'd be able to manipulate that to right. make himself look like he's other places. Yeah, um, But with no explanation, I kind of liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked that we didn't really know how yeah. that was. Um, There was a time where he took off like his, his chest emblem and he threw oh, it yeah. at... Uh, he threw it at someone and it turned it turned into like a giant fruit roll-up. Yeah, and it wrapped then, like, him up. Covered him. It wrapped him up. Wrapped him up in a giant fruit roll-up. All it did was, was knock really him over. Too. He just like unwrapped himself and stood back up again, but it was pretty cool to watch. It, it disappeared. It <laughs> fell on him and knocked him over and then it just disappeared. <laughs> um, but it was fun. I liked it. Like I liked being like, whoa, what the heck was that? Yeah, so the kiss, I'm with you, Tim. I like the kiss at the end. I'd be like, oh, okay, he can do that too. This is fun. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. man. Well, a lot of fun, fun movie. We're going to keep going on. Um, from my recollection, it, it really takes a dramatic downturn here with three and four. Yeah. We get more yeah. into like the, I can't believe these were made. We're going to have a lot of fun laughing at them uh, type of movie. But Always we're going to do them. We're going to do them anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Dean, thank you for joining. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talkingback where you can make a one-time donation of any amount or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes.
All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.